This is Scott Becker with the Becker Private Equity Podcast and the Becker Business Minute Podcast. Thrilled today to be joined by Mark Pesakovich. Mark is the one of the world leaders in consulting in the cannabis industry. So we're going to talk to Mark today about sort of what's going on in the cannabis world in terms of value, in terms of business and so forth. You know, people talked about when Joe Biden was elected, the Democrats were elected, that we would see a green wave. Meanwhile, meaning lots of positivity for cannabis. Meanwhile, the cannabis ETF that I invested in, I've lost enough money to almost send a kid to college now. Mark, what gives? Why is the cannabis space struggling so much more than people have anticipated? You know, the cannabis ETF that I looked at, CMBS, one of the main ones, is down, I think, 70% plus over the last one to two weeks. Um, it's been close to all-time lows recently, but moved back in the right direction. What gives? What do you see in the cannabis space? Why has it been so much more financially challenging after some early home runs in it? What do you see out there? God, you're absolutely right, and it's really interesting. I, th- I guess if if you and I, um, you know, if most of our holdings were in cannabis and cannabis-related um, stocks, uh, you know, we would neither one of us would be planning to retire for the next hundred years. Um, but uh, you know, the the unfortunate thing is, is that the cannabis industry is doing well. Uh, I, you know, there are more and more uh, adult use um, markets opening up. It's legal in more and more states, even conservative states are rolling out medical cannabis programs. Um, So, uh, you know, uh, Illinois, where I live, announced a record of almost a billion and a half dollars in cannabis sales in 2022, bringing in hundreds of million dollars in revenue. If you were sort of from another planet, you came, you'd look at this industry with, you know, people lining up at dispensaries, um, you would think it's a very lucrative industry. Unfortunately, what I think has happened is there was a lot of sort of irrational exuberance uh, early on. You know, a lot of us, including myself, um, you know, when all these ETFs and other things were coming out, you know, that was so cool. How could I do anything but jump online and, uh, uh, you know, throw a few thousand dollars into that. Um, what's what's turned out is that um, the amount of exuberance, the anticipation was greater than reality was ever going to be. Um, and so here we are in a situation where I, my personal prediction is that this year is going to be um, uh, relatively um you know, relatively challenging for the cannabis industry. I don't see much changing in the immediate future, and it's a confluence of things. I think the thing that, uh, you know, sort of the clearest indication to me that um, we're not going to go anywhere fast is the new Republican majority in the United States House of Representatives. As you know, and you know, you and I talked a lot about this last year, and I think, um, you know, we were right that uh, Congress failed to pass the Safe Banking Act or any other kind of legislation that would uh, sort of make life easier, make business easier for the industry. Now that the Republicans have control of the House uh, and the rules that they're trying to put into place are so um, 
difficult that any one member could essentially put a halt to almost anything. I really have significant doubt that anything of any importance in the cannabis world would pass anytime soon, especially in the next couple of years. So I think we've missed our window of opportunity uh, last year when we essentially had a Democratic House and a Democratic Senate and a Democratic president. And I'm betting that it's going to be at least a couple of years until we are back to a sort of a more friendly legislative uh, environment at the federal level. And of course, you know, nothing's going to be going full speed until the feds open up the pipeline. Money moves through federal pipes, and that means that cannabis money can't go through that pipeline. There are banking problems, taxation problems, and none of that I don't think is going to get resolved now uh, in the coming year or two. So unfortunately for all the great things happening in the cannabis industry, as a viable business operating at scale, um, I think we're still getting there, and I don't think we'll truly be there until um, the feds make this uh, legal everywhere. And we're going to limp along. Uh, unfortunately, I don't see um, a great cannabis stock resurrection coming in um, the foreseeable future. Give me that juxtaposition because what you said is exactly right. You know, I, I'm not a big cannabis user, but I have used it as I've gotten older to try and sleep and try other things and just relax. But but I do see whenever you go to the cannabis store, the dispensary, it is quite busy, quite healthy. But how do they make that profitable? I've heard different things like you know, there's so much inventory, the pricing is not premium, there's still so much competition from the illegal market. How do they make that you know, what is the challenge here? Give us just a further sense of why is it so challenging? Well, first and foremost, again, um, I think one of the greatest challenges is at the federal level. Uh, and we've talked about uh, this, Scott, with you on this podcast before, but a provision called 280E essentially bans cannabis businesses from writing off huge amounts of their operating expenses. So if I was any other business, if I was selling coffee or telephones, I would take all my expenses, business expenses, subtract them from uh, the money that I've earned, and that would sort of be what I was getting taxed on. In cannabis, no such thing. You, you get taxed on everything that comes through the door, because while you do have to pay taxes, cannabis is still illegal, and you cannot write off illegal activities on your taxes. And so, number one, the outlay of tax dollars is huge. Number two, the industry struggles because there's no uniformity. You can't run a national size business at scale if rules and regulations are completely different in every state, and you can't cross state borders with your products. Um, so anything that is sold in Illinois has to be grown in Illinois, and that presents its own uh, issues. And finally, you're absolutely right. The illegal market is still operating there. Uh, I will say that as far as I'm looking at the illegal market and um, 
the uh, the legal market, things are evening out a little bit in terms of price. So that is, the uh, illegal market was really a lot cheaper for a long time. I think the prices are coming down and will continue to come down slowly. But we have a 30, in Illinois, for example, we have a 30% tax rate on cannabis products. And so if I buy anything off the shelf, I'm adding 30% to it on in my head, which is quite hefty. And Illinois has the most expensive uh, cannabis in the country. Other places, as you mentioned, they have the complete opposite problem. In Michigan, they have grown and cultivated so much cannabis that prices have up through the floor. And so you have something that is being sold, let's say, for $80 in Chicago, you could probably buy it for 20 or 30 uh, in um, another state and probably pay uh, less taxes. So until there's that uniformity, predictability, uh, tax environment that treats cannabis as a, an actual business, uh, all of those things are going to continue to weigh down the sector. Um, again, if you ask me uh, whether you should be buying stocks, I think you should, but you shouldn't be buying them if you're not willing to hold them for 10 years. That's a fascinating perspective. And tell us again, the pricing in some states, because there's so much inventory, is so much lower than other states. Illinois is an expensive state. Is that what you said? Just so I, I have that clear. Uh, yeah. So, Scott, the main issue is sort of the, you know, as is anything else, it comes down to basic economics. In uh, two neighboring states, one has really expensive cannabis in Illinois. One has incredibly inexpensive cannabis in Michigan. So what's the difference? Well, in Michigan, uh, almost anybody who wants a license to grow cannabis can get one, assuming they meet appropriate criteria. In Illinois, there was a limited number of licenses that were that were gotten through a you know very very strict, expensive, difficult application process. So, Illinois, you can't really even enter the market unless you have one of these really complicated, really expensive licenses versus Michigan, where you submit your paperwork and get a piece of paper back and you can start growing. And so because of that, uh, it's very interesting. The states that have limited licenses have also basically then uh, decided that they're willing to see their consumers pay more than other places where there there is you know actual market level competition. Thank you very much. That's that's really really helpful. Thank you, Mark. Anything else? What are what are the are, are there? You you mentioned there's some pricing between Illinois and Michigan. What about like California? Is cannabis very expensive? They're not expensive there. What does that look like? Uh, well, in California, the market is you know a lot of people saying it, it's failing completely because California was one of the first places um, to legalize cannabis. And, you know, they uh, because they were one of the original first movers, they made a lot of mistakes. Uh, and those mistakes have come back to haunt them. And uh, in California, there's sort of a, a similar situation. There's a glut of cannabis. Obviously, 
you know, the one thing that, let's say, makes California market or Florida market or Arizona market different from Illinois or Michigan is that we can't grow outside or we can't grow outside a full year anyway. Uh, and so uh, what that does is it puts us into, you know, we get good, very carefully uh, grown stuff that's grown inside and is very expensive to grow energy security, all of that. In California, um, all of those uh, issues have sort of been addressed more or less because it's a real mature market. And unfortunately, there's so much cannabis being grown in California, you know, you can essentially sort of almost do a version of pick your own. Um, so again, a lot of the viability of the industry depends on the licensing and the regulation in each particular state. So, uh, you know, if you go to California or if you go to Michigan, and obviously I'm not advocating that you break any kind of rules, but, uh, you know, I, I uh, know lots of friends when they go to Michigan, they really stock up and bring it back um, to Illinois. Although, to be clear, it is a federal crime to move drugs across state borders. Right. So we're not going to talk about who those specific people are, but we know there's some of that out there. Uh, absolutely. Uh, you know, if you are in Illinois right now and you are by the Wisconsin border, I bet you you'll see a lot of Wisconsin plates in your dispensary parking lot. Likewise, if you are in Illinois near the Michigan border or in Michigan near the Illinois border, I bet you're going to see more and more Illinois license plates in the Michigan parking lots uh, getting, you know, products at uh, half the cost. Got it. Got it. What a fascinating market and, and really a changing market. No surprise in the state of Illinois where we are that it's the most expensive in the market in the country. Just what, no, no shock. Mark Pesakovich, <laughs> absolutely brilliant. Again, Mark Pesakovich, just a brilliant consultant. There's more about it than most of us will ever, he's forgotten more than we'll ever know. Just phenomenal. Thank you, Mark, very much for joining us. My pleasure. Thanks for having me.